Hello, everyone. Episode 62 of the Culture Vacuum Podcast. We're still in quarantine. We're doing fine in here, out there, all around the world, all the ships at sea. I'm your host, Samuel Pole, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Calvin. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm here as well. I'm, I'm also I'm, I'm excited for the podcast. I'm, I'm surviving, me and my girlfriend both, and it is, it, it, it's been unprecedented times, Sam, uh, that we're living in today. <laughs> I bloody wish this country would get unprecedented. That was a good one. I set you up. That was like the I'm I'm the Kobe to your shack. Oh, too soon. Sorry. <laughs> TMZ predict TMZ said that Kim Jong Un was dead this week, and I was like, I really hope they Kobe'd this one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was just it, you. Really hope they they just got early on this information, and then I just saw today that South Korea uh, reported that what he's not dead, he's actually mad alive. I mean, we don't know if he's mad alive. He sent a letter to North Korea's workers about COVID-19. Hang on, hang on. (laughs) So, wait, the headline I read said that South Korea said he's alive, but really what happened was he sent a letter to some workers in South Korea? I don't know what South Korea said. No, no, North Korea has workers. Okay. They're a... They're a communist republic. They they call them workers. I don't know if I would call them workers. Uh, you know, you're either a worker in a factory or a worker in a labor camp, uh, and you'd rather be a worker in a factory, is from what I hear. Fair enough. The factories are very clean, uh, from what the, from the photos they release. Well, our factories are also very clean, so. Yeah, and freedom. <laughs> They're also very We free. pay taxes, and we get nothing in return, because we're free. You know, and, and Trump said today, um, I don't know if you've been watching his daily uh, briefings. There, no, I don't hate myself. <laughs> I feel I feel like this is probably what it feels like to run what's that podcast called Knowledge Fight where the host has to listen to Alex Jones uh every single day and then report back on what he said. That's what it feels like to listen to the president. And at one point he says, you know, without freedom people are dying. Freedom, you know, lack of freedom kills too. And it was one of those things where it's just like I mean, he he doesn't even say specifically what, but if you don't have freedom, I mean, you're fucking dead to him. We have more prisoners in this country than any country on Earth, so yeah, uh, <laughs> we're doing a pretty fucked up test case that you can survive when you're not free. It's not very fun. Yeah, no, I'm not, it's Maybe. not fun at all. Maybe there should be way less people in prison, like almost nobody. I think you're getting pretty. You're getting pretty commie, Sam, and I don't want to. I don't want to scare off the sponsors, so we're gonna have to. Yeah, maybe if you like rob someone, we should just like put an ankle bracelet around you and just keep track of you instead of you know locking you in a cage mm-hmm. or no. Yeah, like this an is animal. My thoughts. <laughs> yeah, like maybe we should only lock you in a cage if you're like actually a monster and not because you were hungry and decided you wanted a Twix. What if you had half a gram of weed while you were you were hungry and wanted a Twix? Well, in that case, we need to break your legs yeah. and throw you in the slammer for twenty years. Okay, uh, good. But, you know, it, pot's as bad as heroin, <laughs> as you know. I didn't even. I like how you went where I was already going. Like I, I, I was gonna get there, but you, you got there for me. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, we have a great country. It's the most efficient system. Yeah, it really is. How do you think? How do you think the second wave is going to be in fall? Uh, it's going to be real, real cool. Uh, a real cool yeah, second you wave. Know, yeah, we're gonna. It's we're gonna. It's gonna spread even faster, probably. Uh, because you know, winter break might happen if schools reopen. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I can't even. I can't even. This is gonna fucking suck. It, it's gonna suck so much. It's definitely an interesting time to be recording a a weekly podcast in where you're trying to scrounge for like 
things to talk about. I didn't realize how much of being able to like vamp and, and just kind of, you know, go off was, was based upon like maybe how my week went or like a funny story I would have from something I did. But now it's like, I mean, I've just been fucking sitting here and I, I still work, but that's even that's definitely gone down. You know, I'm not required to do it nearly as much. Yeah, yeah, because, well, and you're just lucky enough to work from home. Like, you get to stay home safely and still get yeah. a paycheck. I'm a very, and then, that's one thing I've definitely been realizing is just, I didn't used to think about how specific of a situation I was in until a few weeks into this when people are starting talking like, oh, you know, my, my savings has decreased to the point where I'm having trouble paying for this or that. And I'm just like, oh, yeah, holy shit. <laughs> like, some people yeah. are just spending money and not receiving anything. Oh, all. yeah, no, so thanks to... Thanks to Bernie Sama, I was able to get unemployment, even though I'm a gig worker. So, but because Texas took so long to set its system up, I was only able to apply for my first payments today. And fingers crossed, nothing fucks up. I will get money now. But I was dipping into my savings these past two months wow. uh, before this happened. So, like, yeah, like it's it's happened to a bunch of people. Uh, but like, you know, I, I, like I had a lot of savings, so I was I'll be fine. But there are a lot of people with no savings uh, who are completely screwed by this. But luckily, we have a solution to that. And honestly, Sam, that's just getting back to work, man. I know I know, you're a little bitch liberal who wants to spend all his time indoors not working. But some of us actually need to get back to work, like, tomorrow and start, There are like, some things paid. better than living. Yeah. Living is a fucking luxury, okay, Sam? <laughs> oh. Just get yourself covered in some Jesus blood and you will be, you'll be fine. Did you see... What was it? Just this Sunday, they had another uh, <laughs> another illegal fucking at, at, at that church. I I wish I had the evidence on this, but it, I believe he's trying to get thrown in prison because he's not. They haven't put him in prison quite yet. I think he's trying to get thrown in prison so he can sue for violation of his First Amendment rights. That is my belief. I believe he is trying to get. I believe he is trying to set a Supreme Court precedent. This particular pastor, I'm not going to say his name. Mm-hmm. I also don't know his name. Uh, but if I did know his name, I wouldn't say it. Because that's just then you're just spreading it, right? And yeah. then someone's going to fucking is, Google him and get get picked up. Yeah, on that. he's in Louisiana. He's an evangelical, of course. Uh, we probably <laughs> look into that. <laughs> and he has decided that he's just going to keep holding services, uh, and they're. The government's going to have to literally lock him up in order to stop him from holding services, which, which they're going to have to do, uh, which means he's going to sue for First Amendment uh, violations, and then it's going to go to the Supreme Court, and then the the arch-conservative Supreme Court is going to strip the government's ability to tell churches to stop holding services in times of crisis. So... <laughs> That's what I think he's trying to do. That last one... <laughs> I just got hit by the last thing you said. <laughs> um, I think, oh my god, wow! I, I'm trying to think of a response to that. It's just, first off, I don't think we're arresting him. I, I just because, and then the reason I don't think we're arresting him is because, I mean, evangelicals do this all the time, though. They've always, I guess, I guess it is a different time now. Because of the pandemic and because there is the actual safety of people to consider here. Yeah. I mean, evangelicals are also like a particularly scummy breed of Christian. Like, you know, I, I'm not I'm not a religious person myself. Mm-hmm. Not my cup of tea. If you're religious, I don't give a shit. Uh, <laughs> you do you just don't hurt other people. 
evangelicals fall into the hurting other people though like yeah. they guilt their per- they they guilt their uh their parishioners into tithing even if they can't afford it because all you you have to tithe you have to tithe the more money you give the better your chances of getting into heaven are like they do that that kind of shit that so that's the reason heaven crowd yeah and th- that's the reason all these evangelical churches are the ones that sh- like catholic i don't see catholics doing this i don't see uh, muslim imams doing this i don't see jewish rabbis doing this you're so right but it's- also if they did it i don't think the right would consider that terrorism anyways <laughs> you know <laughs> like if they did it it would probably it would be like a blip on their radar they're doing it anyway most yeah, people and don't all- think being outside is dangerous and all religious institutions rely on donations that's why because they can't receive federal funds because we have separation of church and state in this country so like (laughs) so the i know why these evangelicals are doing it they're not doing it because they believe in jesus so hard that they just have to pray in person no it's because they know if they switch to remote services their donations are going to go down because they guilt people into donating money and like i am sure that there are uh, mosques uh who are taking a financial hit right now synagogues catholic churches baptist churches whatever i'm sure there's tons of churches and synagogues and and mosques around the country uh taking hits right now but they care about their people because they actually believe in the things that they say (laughs) and the (laughs) and they're not gonna and they're not gonna put their congregants in danger because they want to because they just they need to fill up that that donation tray yeah frankly it's i mean it's the same conversation we've always been having it's, it's people who are started in a position of privilege have a lot of resources and money to begin with but that's never gonna fucking be enough for these people anyway they're not gonna yeah. take that l to keep their congregation safe or whatever it is because that's like you said lost revenue that's lost subscribers essentially at this fucking point you can yeah, think they're of basically they're basically that Twitch streamer saying, it's just $5. Give me a Twitch sub. Come on. <laughs> if you're watching Twitch, you have $5. It's not $20. It's $5. Holy shit. <laughs> Do people, wait, are people actually saying this? There was one... There was one Twitch streamer. I think she's like a story time Twitch streamer. So she like puts on a cute outfit and talks to her subs. Oh, Fine. that's a fetish then. You're, I don't care. You, you know, Is if that you're allowed pr- on Twitch? Uh, as long as you're not like nudity or like aggressive cleavage, yes. Okay. From, from what I know, yeah. Like again, I don't give a shit. If you're an attractive woman and you're fine putting yourself online and you can make money off of that, go for it. Mm-hmm. You do you. I support you. Uh, but uh, if you're gonna shame your subscribers in a pandemic when people are being laid off into giving you five dollars subscriptions, uh, then shut the fuck up. Yeah, I think. <laughs> That's it, it. It really. I mean, for me, I, I think the the toughest part has just been times are tight, money is tight, people are scared. Some people don't have options, and we really just have a, a government. And I don't just want to say Trump specifically because, especially in watching some of the press briefings, you realize that it's parroted by fucking everyone behind him too. That their whole position has been take what we're giving you we don't give a shit you're just like entitled little whiny babies and we're doing a great job serving you and we always yeah right now i'm so texas opened non-essential retail this week but only retail to go so like up until now essential retail uh like for grocery stores you could walk in but like stuff like best buy which is essential because they serve office equipment and stuff like that best buy you had you could only do pickup so like they would hand it to you and like you have to do it online or they'd go in and get it for you but like you couldn't actually go into the store 
So now every retail location is now allowed to open back up and do that model, but they still can't let people inside. So they're trying to increase business somewhat, but like you still can't open malls really. Like I don't know if our local malls open yet because you'd have to go inside to the stores to pick stuff up. But like now if there's like a standalone shoe store or something like that, you can go and get clothes, I guess, uh, which is fine. Uh, But like Georgia, my old home state is trying to completely reopen uh, step by step. That's, oh, it's going to be so fun in two weeks when there's a spike. They're the ones, sorry. uh, They're not the Las Vegas people at least. (laughs) The Vegas, so the Ve- here's the thing about Vegas. Uh, the <laughs> Vegas mayor, who's like saying, like, ah, we could serve as a test case. And so Vegas is a city built by the mob. Mm-hmm. And if you've seen the Martin Scorsese movie Casino, you'll know a little bit about like the politics of Las Vegas. Is like I don't believe Vegas is run by the mob anymore. But like that city was sort of constructed so that like there's just a fall guy for every fall guy. Whoa. Apparently, the Vegas, the mayor of Las Vegas, has no actual power over the Vegas Strip. The Vegas Strip, I believe, is controlled by the governor of Nevada. If I okay, and, so and I might, what and was I might she be wrong there, but I, <laughs> exactly, she's basically like a. I believe that she is just a fall guy. She's a representative of Las Vegas, but she has no actual power over the Vegas Strip itself, the thing that we think of as Las Vegas. She has power over the city outside of the Strip, which uh, is not, which is real Las Vegas. The Vegas okay. Strip is not legally located in the city of Las Vegas. Is that because I of believe all it's, the like, businesses and corporations that are there? They just own so much different pieces of land, it's hard to govern? Or like, what's going on with all that? So the Las Vegas Strip is located in Paradise, Nevada. But it is in or very close to the actual city of Las Vegas. But the Strip itself (laughs) is a separate city called Paradise, Nevada, which is how – so it has completely different laws, completely different rules. Uh, I don't even know if it has a mayor. It might have a mayor. uh, No, no. Hang on. (laughs) So I flew into Las Vegas a year ago and went to the Strip. And the airport said you landed in Las Vegas. That was not – that was – that was Paradise, Nevada. Uh, Parad- okay, here's the descri- here's the description. Okay, Paradise is an unincorporated town and census designated place in Clark County, Nevada, United States, adjacent to the city of Las Vegas. The population was two hundred thirty one thousand people as of two hundred as of twenty seventeen, uh, making it the most populous uh, CDP in the United States. So it was a census designated place, but it is not legally a city. Hmm. That's stupid. And that, yeah, and there there are people who live in paradise, uh, but Las Vegas is a completely different... Yeah, so the mayor of Las Vegas does not have power over the Strip. The census-designated area, the census-designated place is what we know as Las Vegas, and that is controlled by, I believe, the county, Clark County. So they are the ones who can reopen the Strip, so, not the Las Vegas mayor. So Anderson Cooper risked his life rubbing his own face for no reason, is what you're telling me. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Yeah but, yeah, so, yeah, but as far as I know, the actual mayor of Las Vegas, she's just a fall guy for stuff like this <laughs> which feels so american i almost want to salute i i don't yeah. i don't know what else to do with that <laughs> yeah there's your yeah, so there's your little bit of american of american geography trivia mm-hmm. las vegas the what you think of as las vegas not las vegas it's it's it, which is so las vegas by the way is anything more yeah. vegas than just straight up not being las vegas 
Yeah, and I believe the paradise, and I believe the reason they made, I believe it being paradise and not Las Vegas, that might be a mob thing. That might be something we owe to the mob. Okay, well, thank you for that, and the movies, and QAnon, and all of it. <laughs> I introduced my <laughs> uncle to QAnon this week. Oh gosh, how was his reaction? <laughs> so he's uh, like a he's like a like a Mitt Romney conservative, if that makes any sense. Like okay. he does not like Trump and will not vote for him, will not vote for Trump this election, uh, especially now that there's Joe Biden, who's basically a Republican. <clears throat> anyway, so he but like. His thing is, like, he's, like, fascinated with weird people, mm-hmm. and, like, he loves laughing at the existence of really weird people. Oh, same and, like, here, he doesn't, And he doesn't care what political affiliation they are. Like, he finds the existence of tankies just as funny as the existence of QAnon. Can we... So I don't... Is, do we want to go into the existence of tankies? <laughs> I'll talk about tankies briefly, because it's the same... So, so I told him, I told them about about both tankies and uh, QAnon this week. Tankies, for those who don't know, are leftists who agree with me on like most policy. But like, if you like polled me in a tanky, we'd want most of the same things for society. I'm not as far. I'm pretty far left, but I'm not like far far left. You know, mm-hmm. like I still believe in the concept of like government, uh, and like I believe you can have profits, just not immoral ones. You shouldn't have That's- a billion dollars. Yeah, I believe billionaires are are immoral, but like you know, I believe hundred millionaires also probably immoral. But like eighty million dollars, if you know, if you have like eighty million dollars between liquid and other assets, I think that's fine. I don't think you should work beyond that. I think you should just like you know retire and fuck off. Yeah. Uh, but you know, I don't want to cut your head off if you have that much money. That makes any sense. Anyway, you pulled me in a tanky. We'd probably be on the same page of most things Mm -hmm. the things about tankies though is they have a very selective view of history uh tankies (laughs) all right already i hate them okay keep going (laughs) the best way you can describe a tanky is they believe that no country has ever done bad things except the united states and the west which for the most part they're right uh the west has done most of the fucked up things in the world just look at africa uh but they they're the types of people who will say like the Syrian civil war was started because Syria before the civil war was a secret socialist paradise. Assad is actually a benevolent dictator, not a dictator, but like Assad is a benevolent ruler. <laughs> who like dictator. did yeah. <laughs> Assad is a benevolent ruler who did good things for Syria. Mm-hmm. And he started a secret socialist paradise and the West and the United States started the civil war so that the world wouldn't find out about the secret socialist paradise in Syria. They also believe that North Korea is a, a paradise. Also, holy shit! Nothing's wrong there. There's no labor camps. Then how people come aren't they starving there. News. Yeah, they <laughs> because they don't want because because they're trying to keep capitalism out. Capitalism's the evil. North Korea, not okay. a bad country at all. Not a zutz. This feels so QAnon, but like so, it's almost like the exact mirror image. Yeah, yeah. So like that's generally speaking who tankies are they're insufferable i would like them to go away uh but do they feel the burn <laughs> uh bernie's a means to an end to them but oh, like wow he also yeah <laughs> as far as i can tell i i don't know if there's like consensus on bernie they're too but, good for bernie <laughs> yeah I don't know, but like, yeah. So that's tankies, generally speaking. But mm-hmm. uh, yes, no. I so I told my uncle about QAnon and uh, tankies, and he thought it was hilarious. The problem is though, like, 
he's a man of a certain age, there's like a non-zero chance that in a few months, like he's going to keep looking into QAnon and decide he believes it uh, and go down the rabbit hole a bit too far Mm -hmm. and try to awaken me in a few months. So I'm just preparing for that. But, you know, it was funny (laughs) to hear him discover uh, QAnon for the first time. Like he he looked at the he looked at the Wikipedia and like he looked at some of the things they really was like, what the fuck? But that's how the the great thing about the great thing. The interesting thing about QAnon is they're able to pull you in no matter where you come from. Do you like the flat earth? They can pull you in that way. Do you think Pizzagate's a thing? We think that's a thing, too. Do you think that Trump was preordained to be the president by the Bible through revelations or some bullshit? You're probably going to find that sect within them. They accept everyone. Yeah. <laughs> All like, the crazy. They, yeah, like Q- QAnon has evolved over time. Like it started the the general belief is there's a there's a world order and uh President Trump was elected the the world order controlled everyone. They controlled Obama, Bush, everyone. Mm-hmm. Every single president before then the cabal, before now as they call them. Yeah. And uh and but Trump was the first one they couldn't stop the will of the people they couldn't stop Trump and now they're dead set at stopping Trump and initially it started the Russia investigation Robert Mueller and remember Robert Mueller uh-huh. oh, simpler times <laughs> it's weird to think like the amount of drama that used to happen a day and we used to think man things are really ramping up you know like two or three stories a day it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, so Robert Mueller, if you remember him, he was uh, he and Trump actually were friends, and they were teaming up to take the world order down. They were only pretending to be adversaries. You'll they were playing it from both sides. QAnon is, is Trump or who, insert whoever pretending and actually being one way, even though all the evidence shows that they were another way. Yeah, so yeah, they're they're Trump and Mueller. They were working together to take the world order down. Then the Mueller report came out. Mueller went away, and you'd think QAnon would go away. Nope, it's just it's just kept going because it doesn't. Actually I don't know. What, right. <laughs> I don't know what QAnon thinks about the virus. I don't really care. But it's it's always funny to introduce people who've never heard of QAnon because like not only do people believe it, there's a lot of them, and mm-hmm. they're kind of spooky. And they probably voted for Trump in 2016. <laughs> Yeah, it's not really a a, a, poli- a political thing. It's just like, are you a uneducated, vulnerable individual mm-hmm. who is looking for community and connection, and you spend a lot of time on Facebook? And yeah, you that's a simple you answer. You don't like. I mean, we we enter. A, I was, and I do have a point to this. There was a study recently. Um, you you probably read it, and I, I mean, it was going around the internet a while ago. That essentially, kids' attention spans had lessened over time and like kids like 20 years ago had higher attention spans than kids now but on the flip side of that kids nowadays are able to multitask a lot better than kids were able to do 20 years ago and kind of like looking forward into like news cycles and how we consume information in today's day and age it's just like when you're someone who's on your own and you've probably you probably don't have the facilities to really wade your way through all the trash by yourself especially if you're not familiar with how like the internet or information spreads online or something like that and you just come across a community that's like hey are you feeling scared now come on in here we'll take care of you hey do you want to come to like a community event or whatever just believe everything that we tell you and we will give you a world are you afraid of what's outside there well we'll build a dome around you that can keep you safe and within it is president trump and the earth and nothing else and it's similar to like how the alt right works. Like if you like, I was at I was I wouldn't say like at risk of becoming alt right. Like I wasn't like becoming racist when I was depressed or anything like that. But like I was in a particular situation where like I was isolated from my family. Uh, I was depressed and and spent a lot of time online. 
had other inputs taken place, there's a chance I could have gone that direction. But, like, I grew up around people of color from Atlanta. Uh, I had good parents who instilled good values in me. And when I was exposed to racist people, which when you live in Israel, there's a lot of racist people there. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I was just... Yeah, when when I was exposed to racist people, I was able to, like, resist it because, like, A, they were really bad recruiters. Like, you hear some of these alt-right people, like Steve Bannon. Like, Steve Bannon's, like, spookily smart when you hear him talk. Yeah. Like, if you if you ever hear, like, a Steve Bannon speech or anything like that, you're like, oh, God, this guy, like, he doesn't, like, make sense because he's wrong. But, like, I can see why someone would listen to him. I've only seen his, like, troll-like face. I, I assume his, his, his voice is equally troll-like. And, and No, no, he, like, he has, like, a fairly, like, normal voice. But, like, when you hear the dude talk about his ideology about things, he's, like, extremely charismatic. Uh, mm-hmm. He's very... He sounds intelligent, you know? Like, again, like, when you listen to the actual things he wants for the world, you're like, oh, God, you're insane. Mm-hmm. But when... Aside from that, you can see how someone would follow him. Yeah. The the racists that I was exposed to in Israel were not that. They were just like, yeah, but, like, can you name, like, five things invented by black people? And I'm like, the heart monitor, uh, everything George Washington Carver did. Uh, <laughs> they're, they're in every technology company, so they always – so a lot of them are contributing to these big engineering products. Like, even, you know, any diverse company. Because, yeah. like, there's no – no one invented the iPhone. A team of a hundred engineers invented the iPhone. But these are, and, I mean, that's also yeah. the, the mentality that these racists come from, is that, like, Steve Jobs went into a room for five days and then walked out with an iPhone. And then the he great, just, yeah, like... The great, the great white man, Steve Jobs. No, Steve Jobs did not invent the iPhone. He said, <laughs> make touchscreen phone, and then a hundred engineers at Apple had to figure it out. There was a bunch of R&D. There was a bunch of testing. People had to go through a million different hands, and someone had to cut their finger, and someone had, couldn't yeah. push in the button and all this stuff to get yeah. it to the point where he could stand on stage and say, this is my iPhone. Yeah, and the fallacy is, like, I... I I'm. I feel ashamed. I don't know that many black inventors. I know a black person invented the heart monitor. I don't know their name. But the fallacy of their argument that, is, is that like I don't need to instinctual when someone says who are the black inventors. You're like heart monitor. <laughs> heart monitor. Heart monitor. See, I know one. Who is? I don't know his name. Don't ask me. I, I couldn't tell you. But yeah, like I don't. But like the fallacy of that argument is like just because you can't name a single inventor who is black. I know that there are black people who graduate with engineering degrees, who then go to work for companies that invent great things, and their labor and intelligence contributes to making those great things, I, along with white people. I feel like I'm in a kindergarten and, class. <laughs> this is like, but but you're right. Like we we have to get to this fucking base of understanding that like. Yeah. You, Oh, I, it's exhausting. But for them, but for them, they go on like an internet board and they're trying and like they're slowly starting to think that white people are better than everyone else. Yeah, and all and the then, eugenic bullshit. And then, and then someone posts a little, a racist posts a post on the internet board and they say, how many black inventors can you name? And they're like, George Washington Carver and that's it. Okay, I guess no black people invent things. Mm-hmm. White people better. Like that's the logic leap that they make. It's it's disgusting, and it's so, and it's obviously. I mean, c- clearly they were already going to make that leap, and we're just looking for an excuse. That's my personal opinion. I think a lot of yeah, people like, who were erring that way just were in denial until they found a fact that they could cling on to say, "No, but the inventor thing. I'm not racist. It's just the inventors." And it's more like I don't want to get like too bogged down at anything, but like <laughs> the way we teach about history is like we yeah. t- we're very great man history focused. Like we talk about this specific person did this thing and that is history mm-hmm. like amelia Earhart. it's like amelia Earhart wasn't really that significant like she she was the first public facing woman to like fly and stuff like 
okay, but like there are more important women throughout history. Like the women's movement, I believe, is more important than Amelia Earhart. In general, there's like there's like a celebration of of people essentially, as opposed to what they did and the significance of those actions. Like, you can probably, if you were to ask someone to describe Abraham Lincoln, they'd probably say, oh, you know, he was super tall, and he had the top hat, and there was the beard, and he had, you know, he's on the front of the penny. It's like, okay, but his policies. Uh, slavery? Yeah. <laughs> just just that one. <laughs> yeah, like, we, we learn about Martin Luther King, but we don't learn about the Black Panthers, and it's like, we should really teach people about the Black Panthers if, like, you want to... Because the Black Panthers... I didn't know this until, like, a few months ago, and I'm ashamed I didn't know, but, like, the Black Panthers, they were, like... They did community food banks so that poor kids could have free... Could have, like, free food all the time. That's a huge thing of, of that the Panthers did in their community outreach. Mm-hmm. But instead, all we learn about the Panthers is, MLK, peaceful, Black Panthers, not peaceful... Therefore, they bad. Yeah. And that's all you're taught unless you, like, actually do research. Yeah, there's that line they draw in the sand between uh, blacks who did civil rights correctly and then blacks who didn't do civil rights correctly. Yeah, they don't want you to get the idea that uh, good things can come from violent resistance. Yeah. They can. You shouldn't. If It's not like you should be your first resort, but, like, you should think about it. Yeah, we shouldn't, we shouldn't discount. Essentially, what it does is it not only discounts the violence, but the motivation behind it. And the messaging yeah. behind it. Where did the anger stem from? Why did these people get to that point? Completely ignored. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah we, we we erase and it's like it doesn't matter what they thought. It doesn't matter what they believed. It doesn't matter what they did because they did violence. Mm-hmm. And that, therefore, everything else they did is bad. But like, no, like they were community or the Black Panthers were community organizers who got made sure that kids could get to school safely, who made sure that kids got free lunches, uh, who made sure that. They had they did policing because their communities were policed the wrong way. And yes, they armed themselves and were willing to and often did defend themselves violently. Okay. But to erase <laughs> everything else they did. Also they were socialists. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, to erase everything else they did is just like, what the fuck are we even why even mention them in that case? Yeah. If you're just gonna reduce them to that one thing. Exactly. It it's it's disgusting. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I think we've gone on long enough for that. Let's talk about technology things. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're actually taught, strangely enough, we're actually using a bit of technology right now. Uh, yeah, that that we're going to talk about today. Uh, technology that requires you to have a fairly beefy graphics card that I was able to acquire on my end. Uh, do Can you, you have Gabby make like a bunch of noise in the background to see how good it filters okay, it out? Okay, Gabby, this is a super weird request. Can you start? Can you start clapping your hands? Pretty loud. Clap loud. Keep clapping. Just keep clapping while I'm talking. Please keep clapping while I'm talking. So, if you can't tell right now, you're probably getting, like, little grips on my Discord, but Gabby's actually clapping her hands. Yeah, so right now, I can't hear it, but your audio turned, like, a little bit soft, but that's it. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, I can't hear her clapping at all. And that was when she was going, like, and you can see what I'm doing. She was like, like that quickly. Yeah, I couldn't even hear what you did there. <laughs> so this is, it's called RTX Voice, I think. Um, it's essentially a plugin that you can install that works with uh, your NVIDIA card. Yeah, so it's it officially supports NVIDIA cards from the 2060 and up. However, uh, people figured out you can go into the base code, the source code, and do like, I think you have to edit like one or two lines of text in the source code, and you can make it work with any NVIDIA card going back no. to the nines, to the 900 series. So it's not even like, so it's not even like they can't run it on it, or like there was anything cutting them off. They're just like, nah. 
Just I think there's a bit of an efficiency. I think there's a bit of an efficiency dip, but yeah. Yeah, they probably. But my thing is obviously, it, it, it's almost like the Apple idea of limiting your hardware once it gets super old. Like you don't want customers to have a bad experience. Like you should still give people the option. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, RTX Voice. Yeah, you you install it and then you. It's basically like it serves as a middleman between your microphone and your computer, and it serves as a digital device within your computer. So the way audio apps work, if you've never used one. Uh, I plug my audio source into my computer, tell my computer, take this as your input, and that's it. For RTX Voice, RTX Voice, I set my original source as the input in, within the RTX Voice app. Mm-hmm. And then in my computer, the new input is going to be called RTX Voice. And then it will do the processing. The way it works is uh, there's these very NVIDIA GPUs have several different types of cores in them. I believe they use CUDA cores or Tensor cores. One, There's two types of cores in NVIDIA cards. CUDA cores and Tensor cores. I don't know the difference between them, and I'm not going to tell you. Uh, but <laughs> it, So wait, do you know or not? I don't, <laughs> I don't know, but I don't. I'm not telling you? <laughs> yeah. Okay. I couldn't tell, I couldn't tell you. Uh, but they, they're... The RTX voice will use the leftover cores in your NVIDIA card uh, to process out all background noise. Now, currently, there's something called noise gating, which you can do. Like, the podcast app I have on my iPad has a noise reduction mode. I've used it on Calvin's audio in the past. Sometimes it works better than others because if he's loud enough in audio, then it's able to process out background noise efficiently enough. But if he's not, but if, he, but if you're not being loud enough, it will soften your voice out a lot and i can't it's like it doesn't just it just sounds bad and i have to take it off so it's almost like it's it's gauging the gain that it's receiving and saying okay soft stuff is background noise loud stuff is voice which is a really really basic way of getting out the noise yeah and it's it's yeah so and it uses i believe single it uses fixed wavelengths to process out the sound which is why if you get quiet enough it will soften your words enough where i'm like well it clipped out a whole sentence Kept turn it off. Mm-hmm. Whoops. So with RTX Voice, though, they use AI so they can process variable wavelengths. So it's not just like Calvin could have his air conditioner turned on right now and we wouldn't hear it, but it can all, he can have his air conditioner turned on. Gabby can be clapping in the background. He can be typing on his keyboard. If he had a dog, the dog could be barking. There could be a lawnmower outside. Yeah. And the system is able to fairly well process out all that sound now there's there's a video on a short circuit on youtube where they did a bunch of different demos they were able to get it to fail and by fail i don't mean you can't understand what the person's saying Mm -hmm. where a good use of rtx voices the voice is not distorted at all and the background noise is gone that's when it succeeds i would argue that happens nine to nine point nine out of ten that is what's happening a failure of rtx voice though this is the cool part when RTX fails, it doesn't make it where the, the person talking is no longer audible. They're just – the processing becomes obvious. Their voice is a little muted. It becomes a little bit softer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, like, you can hear it. It sounds like they're talking through, like, a filter or something like that. But you can still hear and understand what they're saying. Yeah. So in those odd instances, you don't lose the sentence completely. Where right now, if I have – if noise canceling – if the noise reduction in my editing app, Ferrite, fails – I lose sentences and I have to turn it off. With RTX Voice, the whole file. So Calvin's audio will be edited. Uh, when he said his girlfriend was clapping, you're probably not going to believe it, but like I saw she her was, clapping. I can confirm that she was clapping very loudly, and I was looking at the waveforms on Audacity completely flat. Yeah. She so, says her hands hurt. I won't apologize. 
<laughs> I didn't even hear her say her hands hurt. In past recordings, when Gabby talked to Calvin, I could hear her. Mm-hmm. Might be cutting out that, too. Are we just imagining things? Who knows? <laughs> yeah. Did she say, I can't hear her either. Calvin could just be talking to no one. She couldn't be there if I Maybe so I don't have a girlfriend. Out. Maybe I don't even live in this apartment. And then someone walks in. How'd you get out of here? <laughs> so, yeah, it's it's very cool. For, for me, this is like, I am I have a pretty well noise isolated environment i have fancy sound tiles behind me but like sound tiles are fucking expensive and you learn that when you buy sound tiles like oh i'm never buying this again (laughs) when you first buy audio tiles Mm -hmm. uh so like i don't need it and like i record in a mac but like let's say amateur podcaster i only have a thousand dollars to spend on my setup or like say twelve hundred dollars to account for audio equipment i only have twelve hundred dollars to spend on a setup uh i can't afford noise isolation i live in like a reasonably quiet environment but there's still going to be some background noise Mm -hmm. i would tell that podcaster don't get a mac i would tell them build a so and amd just came out with zen 2 core based ryzen 3 chips which which means they're yeah. Ryzen 3 is their low-end CPU, but they just brought in their new core architecture to it called Zen 2. Zen 2, super efficient, super powerful. So you can get a very efficient, very powerful chip for 100 bucks. I would tell, So I would tell that person, build a Ryzen 3 setup with a NVIDIA 2060 super graphics card. Yeah, I would go uh, for the supported and- version just to make sure you don't run into efficiency issues. Yeah, so like Ryzen 3, yeah, so Ryzen 3 with Zen 2 for your CPU, 2060 super for your GPU, and then reasonable amount of ram so 16 gigs of ram if you can afford that motherboard whatever make and record to a pc and use rtx voice because like with podcasts well we i had an argument with a a noise engineer in our uh discord and they were like well for like live instruments live recordings you wouldn't want to trust this you'd still want to properly noise gate you'd still want to have like an ideal environment i don't think this is made for for playing instruments though at least in my use it doesn't seem to be that that not yet like right now it's just for voice yeah but my point to them was like well with podcasts you're not supposed to export at like super high bit rates you're supposed to export at 64 kilobits per second which is the smallest basically the smallest an mp3 can be and still sound good because like it's just us talking Mm -hmm. there's not really i don't need a lot of dynamic range i just need our voice to sound clear and natural that's all i need and 64 kilobits gets that so i don't really give a shit about dynamic range when i export uh at 64 kilobits per second so as long as this doesn't ruin the sound of your voice which it doesn't your voice sounds natural when it's processed by this yeah because you're also uh, hearing it through discord as well so that's another way that we can kind of check and make sure everything's working yeah, there's like Discord compression, but like, yeah, like Calvin, he sounds fine, uh, and like his voice sounds natural. Uh, is so like I can use this, and like this, I I've needed this for so many guests to be like, hey, can you just like install RTX Voice, please, <laughs> please, uh, fix your fucking audio, please. Gosh, this is such a yeah, specialized so like, thing to ask someone to install though, because they're gonna need to buy like, like you'd say, like a twelve hundred dollar PC. Well, no, like if they if they if they are a PC user, then mm-hmm. they probably have a twenty series card. I would I honestly be kind of interested in in what that what that a lot of people have is. a lot of PC gamers have twenty seventies. It's it's a pretty common card now. Right. But yeah, like I think yeah, and like what's brilliant about it is like audio workflows are not GPU intensive; they're CPU intensive. So if you're a if you're a streamer, let's say, uh, and you're not running your GPU at its highest capacity, you can. This is just going to use the bandwidth and your 
graphics card that you're not using because like you want to run at 1080p you want a reasonable frame rate but you're already underclocking your gpu so that you don't overload your cpu so that you can run obs and all the stuff you need for twitch streaming Mm -hmm. so your gpu already isn't going to be functioning at full capacity when you're streaming so if you're in an environment where you can't noise isolate yourself just like podcasting as long as you you don't need the highest fidelity audio when you're streaming you just need to sound good yeah essentially yeah yeah, like I'd say like the only podcast you shouldn't use this for like sort of like professional podcasts, like fiction podcasts, you probably want to use this like for the that. Like radio show podcasts where maybe they have sound effects and music that'll come in and all that sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, and like you, you would want the vocals to be at the same fidelity as your background sound and you're probably going to be exporting higher than 64. I, I can understand that, but for like yeah, but then it's for general per- for production anyways, like you're not yeah. just sitting around in a room, you're probably talking to actors and have a writing team and all this other stuff going on. With this, as long as you have a good mic, you are now getting professional grade noise cancellation that doesn't distort your vocals which is insane it is it's you've you've explained it perfectly essentially if you are someone who has a private space i wouldn't even argue you need to have a house like you own an apartment in a city but you can close the windows and so ambient noise isn't too horrible this is a pretty decent solution if you can get yourself into even like a room that's kind of closed off and like all your doors are closed and stuff and not too much is getting added in. It does it perfectly. Pretty and you look near a hospital, so like there's like ambulances going by all the oh, time yeah. too. No, absolutely. So like it's going to get that. Yeah, if like they're doing maintenance on your building, it's going to cancel that out. Mm-hmm. And as long as like when it when when RTX voice fails, it's when there's a lot going on. Like in this in this uh short circuit video they were only able to get it to fail when like he had this giant fan blowing on him all of his co-workers were making a bunch of noise yeah and even then it successfully canceled out the background noise his voice was just a little messed up yeah it was but otherwise not, i would not consider it an actual failure i'd consider it it not working at 100 percent. yeah it yeah it's it's super impressive and uh, i'm very excited that, that calvin has it because because bef- before this i was gonna be like hey can you like buy like a tiny little noise booth because <laughs> <laughs> what i could have had is i could have had uh, gabby stand around me with phone pads could you yeah hold... did you hear that <laughs> i heard a little bit of it she said no a bit. so i don't, I don't think bled... i'm gonna do that she might have been close enough to the microphone that it like recognized it as nearby vo- voice is my guess yeah <laughs> i am curious how far you can walk away before it starts picking it up but we'll demo this later i don't want to do a live demo <laughs> time yeah so, so yeah the other the other tech thing uh i got a keyboard yes you did you got a very expensive keyboard <laughs> yes I got, a keyboard for, I got a keyboard for my ipad and now my ipad is a laptop now you may say samuel why didn't you just get a laptop and i say <laughs> because laptops are for nerds yeah the company you bought the keyboard front also sells laptops though that is true but i like the it's like <laughs> In my time using the iPad Pro Magic Keyboard, Mm -hmm. I have found that this is basically what I want all computers to be. Interesting. All mobile computers. So, like, right now, it's – the iPad Pro, it's – I am not the first person to say this, but the iPad Pro has been described as a modular computer. Sure. It can be a standalone tablet. You can use it as a tablet and have a perfect tablet experience. But if you want, there are things you can do to to modify that. You can get the Apple Pencil and snap it onto the side – and you have a nice stylus. You can get now the Magic Keyboard. Snap it onto the Magic Keyboard. Now you have a laptop. Mm-hmm. But what makes the iPad Pro different from the Surface, and I think this is important because everyone's been like, oh, Apple just ripped off the Surface with the Magic Keyboard. It's like, mm, no, because here's the thing. A Surface Pro 
is nigh unusable without the without the keyboard. Yeah. And what's dumb is the keyboard is not an op- is an optional accessory. You have to pay for the Surface keyboard. So wait, when you say nigh unusable, do you mean like the operating system just doesn't function or it functions slower? Like, no, what like you, you, you can use Microsoft, you can use Windows in touchscreen mode because like they've had touch support on Windows forever. But like the Surface is not a pleasant pro- product to use mm-hmm. without the keyboard. It's not optimized on. for touch interaction, essentially. Yeah, like touch on Windows is not meant to be like the primary interaction. It's like you're browsing the web and you just want to scroll. Okay, mm-hmm. but Windows is not meant to be used only as a touch device. And if you've ever used a Surface without the keyboard on, like my brother's had a Surface for a while, you you have to use the keyboard on it if you want that thing. And this, not not to shit on the Surface Pro, the Surface Pro is a phenomenal laptop if you want that type of form that type of form factor. But it is not a good tablet. It is a laptop that can be used as a tablet every once in a while, as opposed to the, the iPad, iPad Pro. The iPad Pro is a full tablet. You can use the iPad without any other accessories, and it's perfect. It's it's a wonderful experience. You can type on it. It's very nice to use. The web browser feels great. Everything in iPad OS is wonderful without a keyboard yeah. and mouse. And that system has but, been opera. I mean, it's been optimized since the iPad was. Didn't Steve Jobs actually reveal the iPad? Yes. Yeah, yeah, so that yeah. Was he revealed back. iPads. He revealed iPads one and two back when he was still alive, and that was God years ago. So over all that time, and yeah, the fruit, did, the fruit hadn't OS. the fruit hadn't gotten them yet. The what? The fruit hadn't gotten them yet. All right. Oh, <laughs> oh geez. You remember I last forgot, week our guest? Elliot? I honestly forgot that that was how it happened. That's so. We could talk about that. never mind. Yeah, it's like he ate too much fruit. Anyways, yeah. so Steve Jobs ate a lot of fruit. Funny. <laughs> over these he worked years, at Apple, fruit and, company. <laughs> over these years, and being able to um, to essentially optimize to the point where you have now iPad OS, which I haven't used that much. I have it on the iPad Mini. I have, but it's it just seems like such a smart choice for opening it up to being a modular tablet and being able to yeah. add these accessories and, and the, the pen. Cr- and the cursor support is like you don't even need to use Apple. Like you can use a third-party mouse with the iPad, and mm-hmm. it feels fine. But so like, yeah, if you really like using an iPad Pro, and you would like it to be a laptop occasionally, you want to type. Like it is more comfortable to type for long periods of time on an actual keyboard. Um, stuff like text editing is better with a cursor and a trackpad. Um, some apps like Ferrite, uh, that what I edit this podcast on, they added native. Uh, trackpad support the week before the literally the day before i edited last week's episode mm-hmm. ferrite updated to add trackpad support which was incredible uh so editing <laughs> this podcast in ferrite just made. <laughs> I, used, I went through the italian absolutely uh, the yeah so ferrite editing a podcast in ferrite with native trackpad support Wonderful. There's an app called Luma Fusion that hasn't added it yet, but I know they're working on it. Mm-hmm. Luma Fusion's like a Premiere uh, replacement app. Uh, Affinity Photo, which I edit photos on, hasn't updated for it yet, but they're working on it. So like all these iPad native apps are going pro apps are going to add trackpad support soon, and they're going to be amazing. I know because I've already used one that was optimized for it. How do you think and, uh, lidar innovations are going to be uh, adding to the new iPad ecosystem? Uh, I think. I said this when we talked about the iPad a few weeks ago, but like I think the LiDAR is not necessarily an iPad thing. I think it's Apple has big plans for augmented reality. Mm-hmm. And this is the iPad is now a $800 test bench you can use if you want a really good LiDAR scanner to develop your AR apps, yeah. in, which is understandable. But yeah, I think that's more for developers and users. But yeah. 
Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I really, I really like the magic keyboard. Uh, it's, it is expensive, but like, if you are the type of person who wants to move a lot of your workflow to an iPad, it is worth it. If you are the person who just uses the iPad to browse the web and you don't want to do any work on an iPad, don't spend the money. Don't be stupid. Yeah. <laughs> but if you if you if the idea of doing work on an iPad appeals to you, this is a great way to get it done. It almost feels like a product made for people who are already invested in the iPad like ecosystem and workflow to begin yeah. with. And then this is and kind I've of been- an enhancement to that. I've been working off of an iPad for almost, uh, started like in high school. So like, yeah, almost like three or four years I've been working on an iPad. Mm -hmm. So, and this was before trackpad support. I was just using it as a touchscreen and like getting a Bluetooth keyboard for it. So like I've been working off iPads forever and the operating system has only gotten better. And now that they have native trackpad support with this incredible accessory, if you're someone like me, it's the perfect thing for you. And if you're someone who's doesn't like your laptop because like laptops aren't great to use for casual use because like. It has to sit on your lap, and it takes a, a certain amount of space. This, when I don't want to do work, I can just pull it off the keyboard, and now I have a tablet, and it's a full-featured tablet, unlike the Surface, which, if the keyboard's gone, it can't really use it efficiently. Yeah, I think this is the dream product that almost would have been released in the first place with the initial iPad. I, th- I feel like this is all we, we were kind of heading, essentially. Yeah, the... Yeah, like the one, the, the, the biggest complaint I have about it is like, it's obvious this was made after the iPad Pro launched. Like, it's not like they were working on this for five years with the iPad Pro, but they couldn't launch it yet. It's obvious, like, they saw all these complaints about the 2018 iPad Pro, which was like, it's this overpowered computer, but the operating system limits it so much that you can't really do work on it, which I would say is fair. Sure. Uh, I had to work around iPad OS to make my workflow work on it. Now iPad OS is working for me, which is better. Um, it's obvious this was developed with bef- after the hardware was made. It's not like they designed the keyboard with the iPad, which is what they like. There's this very famous uh, when the iPad two launched. Uh, they said like, look at the smart cover. It was designed right alongside iPad two, so they work and they fit seamlessly together it doesn't feel like that with this keyboard mm-hmm. i would like to see a slightly redesigned ipad pro where the weight distribution is a little bit different so that the keyboard can have a bit more adjustability do you think it wasn't like it wasn't weighted when they made it with the idea that it would be held in that position horizontally essentially yeah so like right now the ipad floats above the keyboard so that it, you can have space for the trackpad mm-hmm. and it's very cool but it's obvious that like the ipad pro is like it's weighted very evenly and the way the weight is distributed on it means that you can only push it back on this on this hinge so far before it tips over and the base of the keyboard has to be very heavy to be as a counterweight to the ipad itself yeah so i would like to see a slightly tweaked ipad pro and magic keyboard where the weight distribution mm-hmm. was developed together essentially because what you're talking about is having like it has to be an added weight in order to hold the weight of the ipad itself so then you're just adding on all this bulk and looking at the the case itself when you were holding it up to the camera it looks pretty thin like it doesn't yeah, look it's, like it's physically looking. it's it's thin but there is a lot of weight on this bottom part yeah uh, where where the i where the keyboard is so that when it's in your lap it can sit comfortably and it does sit comfortably in the lap but like it's basically counterbalancing this giant ipad that's a pound and a half that's distributed where the weight's distributed completely perfectly mm-hmm. or maybe i'm not a physicist but if where if you need to move the weight down or up wherever you need to move it move it so that the ipad 
can bend back more in the case. Yeah. And that would require new hardware for both the iPad and the case. But like, I would like to downsize my iPad at some point because the big one is pretty big. Uh, so like, I'm fine buying new hardware as long as it's like a significant upgrade. And also I'm downsizing, but like, this is a great accessory for currently existing hardware. Sure. If, I feel like yeah. part of the reason um, almost that it might've been weighted that way is due to the fact that they weren't planning on it being horizontal and they thought like every other iPad, it would just be held in two hands. Like well, that's, or... I think like, the, the iPad pro was designed to be horizontal. Cause like this, the, the 2018 iPad pro launched with the smart keyboard folio, okay. which had two, which had two angles that you could adjust it between. Uh, oh, I do remember and, that. Like, yeah. Yeah. And like that, that, that accessory is still around, but like, yeah, it's it's just obvious. Like this was the Magic Keyboard was made to accommodate the iPad as it is. Mm-hmm. It was not made to accommodate a future iPad because they wanted it to work with both the 2018 and the 2020 iPad, which are parts bin versions of each other. With, Probably like, a the smart choice, here. to be fair. Yeah, yeah, definitely a smart choice because they can sell it to two different markets. They can sell it to current iPad customers and people who bought one t- last year and two years. Imagine ago, buying which... the first of any Apple product. Who are you? <laughs> what kind of person does that to themselves <laughs> you guys can't see it but uh uh sam indicated to a certain individual on this call and it wasn't me <laughs> my wife no, I'm not <laughs> so if you if you want sam do we want to discuss the uh the last thing uh on the docket today Go for it. Sure. So I was I was watching, and I don't remember if it was you who recommended this, but I I was pretty bored as we all are <laughs> because there's nothing to fucking do. So I went on Hulu, and one of one of Hulu's new shows, uh, one of their new FX shows, is a show called Dave, made by someone who I thought had been had, had gone and crawled under a rock for the rest of his existence, <laughs> a little dicky who is a rapper um, who made an album in... From the, the tribe. Respect him. <laughs> Jewish rapper. Oh, yes. Tea. Sorry. Very Jewish rapper. I apologize. <laughs> There's not a lot of them. We have to take pleasure when we have a good one. Yeah, he, he is very good. And in my opinion, he's, he's quite a good rapper. Um, I do have... There's a lot of Jewish kids who think they can rap at summer camp. They can't. No, no one can shove his face in Lemayne quite like uh, quite like our little dick. But essentially, he was. Uh, I, is he producing? I know he's acting in. Um, but he he's... wrote. He cre- he created the show. I believe he's on the writing team. I don't know if he wrote an episode, but he's he's on. It's his show basically. Yeah. Like, it's him and his friend or showrunners. The show is called Dave. It is about someone who, strangely enough, in a similar position to himself, uh, a upcoming rapper named Dave who is looking to uh, make a name for himself in the rap game. <laughs> Yeah, he plays a well. He he plays like an exaggerated version of himself, basically. Oh, okay. Uh, like, I don't. Yeah, the the character's name is Little Dicky. Like the character, the Little Dicky's real name is Dave. Is Dave Bird? Uh, and he he's he is playing himself, but like he's playing himself if he started now instead of when he started ages ago. Oh. Oh, that would make sense because then yeah, it, it takes place in it takes place in present day, but he is still an up and coming rapper at this yeah. point. So he is now like. <laughs> yeah it, whereas it, now like his youtube channel has like hundreds of millions of views per video mm-hmm. it's very similar to uh I, I would say it's very similar to atlanta except he like you're saying is actually more or less playing himself as opposed to in atlanta where they're playing like where he is is managing rapper but regardless that's really where the similarities between the two shows i think end uh atlanta definitely veers more towards the fantastical and and kind of like crazy stuff happening whereas this seems to be a lot more realistic 
and more focused on these characters and their associations with each other. What do you think of the cast of um, Dave? I think the casting is incredible. So the the woman who plays his girlfriend was his uh was his his scene partner in Pillow Talk. Oh, uh, yeah, I yeah I recognize her from I recognize because it's a great video. Uh, but so you can tell like they were they're very they're very comfortable with each other with the types of scenes they, that they do extremely com- they, they, they do some crazy shit <laughs> from what we've seen they get in some crazy shit so yeah. yeah uh and then the guy who plays his friend uh his best friend God, i'm terrible with the names of these characters Gata? Uh, he's great like what do you mean gata oh no not his other best friend uh yeah, I know gata, <laughs> yeah we can't yeah. forget about gata but yeah, yeah i know who you're talking about the producer the dj guy yeah yeah his, his yeah his producer is great um uh, and he he has like a great episode. Like every individual character has a great character building episode. So this his feels, producer has. I, I do. I apologize for cutting you off, but it, it needs to be said how mature this feels for a show that was made by a person who's new at making TV shows. In yeah. my opinion, anyways, I felt. I like- think it's because he had. I think it's because he has good writers and directors helping him with it. Sure. Like he, like he, like he's a very self-aware person. Like Pillow Talk starts where he's having sex with this girl. But the song is about just like weird thoughts you have after sex and just like saying all of them out loud. How do you completely and, like, normal thoughts? Yeah, and <laughs> he's, ex- he's an extremely self-aware person and he he knows how he looks and he's going to completely lean into that. And mm-hmm. he's just going to be, I have, I'm extremely good at rapping and I'm just going to rap s- silly shit. Yeah. And he wants to be taken seriously, but like his raps are like funny and like interesting observations <laughs> his it, it's it feels a lot about it, the show feels a lot like his journey to accepting himself for who he is um as well as realizing that who he is isn't necessarily perfect and i and maybe this is because of the most recent episode episode nine i think it's called ali's speech or something ali's toast ali's toast um, where it ended in a way I didn't expect, but this it, it feels like a show that isn't that isn't afraid to really. It, 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 it's hard to verbalize, but essentially these these characters can hurt each other, like in really yeah. bad ways, and they can be really bad on camera repeatedly, not learning lessons, and then from all of those repeated events, actually suffer consequences instead of everything just being brought around. Like, it, it felt like we we weren't giving... I feel like in a weaker show, we would have given the main character more excuses than Lil Dicky, if that oh, makes yeah, yeah, sense. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. Like that, yeah. And it's it's funny. It's heartfelt. Like, it, it does have a lot of the energy of, like, I don't want to say it, but it has a lot of the energy of Louie uh when yeah. that was you know a thing you were allowed to watch uh <laughs> without feeling terrible <laughs> it, it, it's it's less um absurd no it's 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 less like psychedelic than atlanta at times but it does mm. have similar energy to atlanta which sadly got delayed but they are making season three it's of quite that exaggerated like atlanta everyone's a character yeah. and part of me wonders if that isn't just hollywood like, maybe the idea of this show is that, no, these are just fucking real people. You walk up to them, and he says, well, look, my, dunk my balls in oil, lick my asshole, suck my dick, and, and flip me over and toast me in caramel, or whatever he says. <laughs> yeah. He yells that out. And maybe that's just the, the attitude of this culture. It, it's really interesting. Yeah, and like the stuff that they explore, so like his his best friend has an episode where it's like he's hooking up with someone in their friend group, but like she doesn't really want everyone to know about it yet because she doesn't know how she feels. Like 
it, it all feels like it's coming from a very real place. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like, I think like my favorite episode was the episode where we learned about Gaeta and like that he's bipolar. And that was incredible. Like, because yeah, and, and like, by the way, it, it it takes advantage of the fact that you are expecting one thing. Yeah, you see, you, you can you should talk about it since you since you yeah. brought it up. Yeah, like again, like it's not an experience I can ever claim to have, but like I know that like mental health in the black community is like a very very touchy subject. Yeah, like I can speak to there that. are people who are either like we need to deal with this head on because it is putting our people in prison and it is it is getting them killed by cops because we aren't addressing this because it's like if our if our kid acts funny, uh, then we just it's it's not something we choose to deal with and then there are other people who do do choose to ignore it uh so like you can see it like as it's like gata in this episode so one of the characters gata who's like he's little dicky's hype man uh the actor he does is a very phenomenal. good job hyping him up he has a very good yeah. job acting he's an incredible yeah. character i really like yeah. him yeah yeah the actor is yeah the actor is incredible but like there is a scene where like we never see him interact with the police in this episode, but it, it goes through like him discovering he's bipolar going through like these ups and downs and stuff like that. He has this incident in a mall, uh, with his mother, mm-hmm. uh, where he like tries to hurt his mom. So like you, you can tell like this is coming from a real place where like, this is someone yeah. who has dealt with that. And by the way, as we're building up and seeing all these memories, we're seeing the crowd that Gate is hanging out with little Dicky, uh, his manager who we haven't mentioned, who was also an incredible, I'm going to call him the red haired guy. He's really good. He's, he deserves more than the red haired guy, but that's what I'm going to call him for because I can't remember what his character's name is, but you have all these people watching as Gate is slowly, you know, amping up and amping up and he's starting to get a little more aggressive. He's moving quicker. And then one day it just kind of all stops and he mills out completely. And then someone yeah, says, he, yeah, he, he takes too much. He takes too and much uh, like, prescription medication for, uh, his bipolar. And, and someone says, what do you want drugs? And my first thought was, Oh, well, here comes the part where they call him out and now he's a bad guy. And then he needs to leave. Cause he's a bad person. Unfortunately, and he's going to poison the group because I'm so used to that narrative of like, you cannot have bad friends. You can't have people who are going to hurt you. And when he comes out, not comes out obviously, but when he says to them that, you know, I had this bipolar disorder and I just took too much, of the medication that's feeling this way it's so weird seeing the acceptance oh yeah yeah it, it was it wasn't like what in a typical show it would be like he can't face it so he walks out but instead yes. this is a character who's like just straight up tells people i'm bipolar i have a chemical imbalance in my brain that makes me act crazy and like just to hear a show just like because that's what bipolar is. Is like, yeah, and like there are people who can manage it with medicine, mm-hmm. and this is a person who can. Uh, but like he's just like trying to get a different dosage, basically. Like to hear a show handle it that maturely and just like d- describe it like this is what I am. Ob- of course, his friends would accept him because these are good people who just like they didn't know him that well. He's new to their group, and it's understandable why he wouldn't tell them. Yeah, and maybe that part of that does come from a little bit of just ingratiated fear of being open about mental health. I, I mean, you said earlier it was, it's specifically a problem in the African-American community, which is true, but I feel like it's almost just an American problem oh, yeah, in general yeah, yeah. as well. Oh yeah, we, we have a very big problem dealing with mental health. I know like it has extra stigmas added in the black community, which a lot of things do, Yeah, uh, but like I'm not going to even pretend that i know what all of those things are it's just a thing i am aware of and like when we're doing mental health outreach you have to handle it with the black with uh with black communities differently than you would with other communities because like for one mental health care is expensive 
Yes, like all like all of them. <laughs> it was it was nice. It was surprising, and and I think that's why I think that's why I say it feels so mature. This feels like a show made by someone who who understands everything they're seeing, and maybe that is because he surrounded himself with smart people. Damn it, I found like a Trump supporter. Maybe that is because he surrounded himself with good writers. The one episode that I can that I can relate to almost too much uh, was the the <laughs> camp episode with the oh, with wow. the camp with the camp because I was an awkward Jewish kid at camp. Now I happen to go to an all Jewish camp, but like <laughs> I was the awkward kid who did stupid shit to get attention and thought that it and took it for acceptance. Oh no! Uh, and yeah, and like t- so the scene where where Dave drowns his younger self <laughs> that hit me so hard. Cause that's what I would like to do to my younger self. It's like, you're, they don't think you're cool. You idiot. That was, and that also speaks to just how well the show is because when it starts out, you kind of have the memory from camp and then it says, Dave's doing the bird. And even at that point, at least in my opinion, it doesn't necessarily give you enough to right away put together that they're making fun of him or that this isn't like something pre-planned or maybe he himself really enjoys doing this or something. It's, it's just kind of like, here's a person, here are his friends. And then we get to see them grown up and the show organically places these like flashbacks with his friends slowly acting more and more like douchebags and just people in Dave's life who also knew them in the past. Once they meet them, in the future being like yeah oh hey what's up don't talk to me because <laughs> they know they're assholes there is yeah when, when his friend says they didn't like you because they were funny you were funny yeah and like yeah like uh, the moment like i had a moment like that like in middle school not at camp but like same thing like there was a group of people who i really wanted to be accepted with and be friends with mm-hmm. and um yeah i, I don't give a shit uh but <laughs> So we were doing an excursion about religion, basically, okay. and we learned about different religions. Fine. Uh, so we we go through uh, the. It was a Hindu temple specifically. I'll never forget this. Uh, I, so yeah, we it was a Hindu temple. We go to the temple. It's fine. We have the experience, and then at the end, we had, and then we all go to the courtyard while we're waiting for I guess our bus to pick us up or something like that. And we have like an hour or like thirty minutes or whatever to just hang out. And I'm talking. I'm talking with these people and. I don't remember how it started, but basically there was some kind of dance or whatever where you would have to hump the air in a sexual act. So several people did it, but you d- you got up and you did it one by one. And then when I went up, I was the one the teacher saw and caught, and I was the one who got in trouble for it. I can definitely relate to like being told and doing stupid shit because you want to be accepted by people. Yeah. And like... I couldn't, I was not intelligent enough or like mature enough to put into words. Like when the teacher said, why the fuck did you do that? And like, I explained, well, a lot of other people were doing it. Why am I the one getting in trouble? Like I said that, but I wasn't able to, (laughs) I wasn't able to put it into words. I wanted them to be my friends. So I thought doing the stupid thing in front of them would make them be my friends, Mm -hmm. which is what I was thinking. But obviously when you're 12 or 13, whatever, you don't think that high level yeah and it's and apparently when you even when you grow up in it you can sometimes get to being in your late 20s and still thinking on that level that like people who are making you do all this stupid bullshit actually like you and part of it just happens from a clear understanding that throughout all of this i mean 
his his head's like spinning, right? He's talking like however many people this day he just sent ten thousand dollars to this person. This person may or may not be on this record. This producer feels this or that way, and it's just like all this shit goes so crazy that you can understand where his his failings happen when he's being a shitty boyfriend uh at his uh girlfriend's sister's wedding it's not just because he himself as a person is that way necessarily but with everything going on and his with lack of his lack of ability to handle his job and the stresses of it and what he needs to do to become a rapper is shown in in his I mean, he doesn't know how to take care of his girlfriend, right? I mean, he's not able to prioritize appropriately. For the most part, he was a good boyfriend throughout yes. the show. But, like, it was clear. And, like, I was like... Sh- he also wasn't required to do that much, yeah. though. Yeah, like it, was a, like, it was a very... Like, she was a very, like, healthy, well-adjusted person. Yeah. Uh, so, like, he did, like whatever issues there were have, it was more like he had issues that she wanted to help him work out with. And he was responsive to her trying to help him. Mm-hmm. And because she was this level-headed person. But when it finally came to a time where she had this big vulnerability, he wasn't able... Maybe because he distracted me because he's a shitty boyfriend, he wasn't able to help her. Yeah, the the reasons almost don't matter. And, and, and I think he accepts that at the end. A lot is... I, I appreciate the show because it does something that's rarely done. A lot is said without saying anything. There's this... The beginning of the show starts with him... Uh, the beginning of that episode specifically starts with him recording a song or a beat, or maybe he's fucking around, who knows, and he's, like, listening to a beat. And then his uh, girlfriend comes in, and they start talking to each other and chatting and being all cute and, like, kissing each other and, and making, like, you know, little playful noises. And then at the end of the episode, as his girlfriend is giving the speech again, I start to realize, oh, there's a beat playing in the background. Oh, shit, that's the beat from yeah. the beginning of the episode. Yeah. And then it carries on into the credits with the recording that they did in the beginning. It's 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 amazing. Yeah, and the song mimics it, but now it's like tragic poet. It's like it's like a tragic rhyme. Yes. Like at the beginning, it's like she's literally leaving to go to this vacation. At the end, she's leaving the relationship, and he's very nonchalantly like, okay, bye. And like that's how he let this relationship fade away. Now, I'm sure the, there's one more episode left, I think. Season. I hope so, dude. I really want another episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's like one more episode uh, left in the season, so I don't know if we're gonna see the relationship resolve or what. But like, I think yeah, he, needs Barry... a, he needs an episode on his own. That boy needs to rethink his his priorities. <laughs> yeah, I think. Yeah, it's, I think it's great that we have another great FX show of a of a comp of a of a great rapper deciding to make a comedy show yeah is this going to be the start of a, a, a blow-up genre of rap uh, tv shows yeah where's Lo- when's logic getting a show <laughs> he doesn't need a show <laughs> logic, logic is fine he doesn't need a tv show <laughs> he's not interesting will dicky makes mad youtube money he does guess how many v- clicks uh guess how many views earth got we love the earth oh shit i don't even want is it in the millions no what like 10 million what, like 50, 50 million? I'm done. Okay, the podcast is up. <laughs> how, much, how, many, how, many, how many views was it? Okay. Earth 242. <gasps> That's Ricky Friday featuring Chris Brown. Uh, 601 million. Which, I, you know what? I'll be honest with you. I thought this whole time because he hadn't released an album, he wasn't working, but... When you're pulling numbers like that. He doesn't release albums. He releases like one music video a year. <laughs> basically. <laughs> That's what it is. 
I, I love. I can't. I want him to release an album. I know he doesn't have to. Please. I believe he has one album, but yeah, like he just releases like very, very highly produced music videos. Yeah, I think I've seen. I've seen. The, I saw the Earth video when it first came out. I did not realize it had blown up like that. Same with the Chris Brown one because I think I'm subscribed to him actually. You subscribe to Chris Brown? No. <laughs> Get a little dicky. Let's <laughs> subscribe to Chris Brown on on YouTube. Yeah. Pillow talking, my favorite little dicky song. Uh, only thirty eight million. So yeah, yeah, he is. He gets a lot of views, so he he's doing just fine. Yeah, and he really wants you to stop calling him uh, like G Easy and Eminem. Okay, he's like, what do you say? He was like Kanye West. Oh my, yeah, he's God. like Kanye West. He's Kanye. He's Kanye West mixed with. <laughs> Weird Al Yankovic. There was a point where they show this is an episode where they show a picture of like Kanye West and then some other celebrity and then they mix it together and then he adds his own face to the mixture and it just turns into this beast and he's just like beautiful, incredible. Yeah, yeah, definitely <laughs> recommend it. It's on FX, which is also on Hulu. Yes, that, that th- this is the services uh, dick, uh, dick that I'm going to keep sucking personally. No more Quibi. Quibi, you're canceled. Hulu is my best friend now. I forgot about Quibi. Can we get a, do you have an update on Quibi? Do we know where they're um, at? I finished Lena Waithe's sneaker culture documentary, and okay. I haven't watched anything since. I deleted the app a week ago and haven't felt the need to reinstall. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they had one clip go viral, not because they have good sharing. Someone literally took a video with their phone, mm-hmm. but it was of this this episode where oh, I know. Uh, I know Mrs. Mrs. Maisel is obsessed with her golden arm. <laughs> it is so, Doctor, you, you, I can't remove my golden arm. So it looks like, and uh, you you have to confirm this. Does it not look? Do you not think for a second it's like an SNL special? The way, like the deadpan way. No, it looks like a fake TV show from like Thirty Rock. It, it looks like it's meant to be taken as as a as a prank or a joke. But from everything I've read, I believe it's meant to be taken as a horror or as spooky. So it's horror, but it's Sam Raimi horror. So like Sam Raimi, you know, like he does like crazy ho- like Evil Dead is scary, but it's also out of out of this world. Army of Dar- like Sam Raimi horror is like he does like really great horror action, but like the story is still a bit self aware. So like, yeah, I could see there being a character in a Sam Raimi who has like a golden arm and they're obsessed with it. But like the score of the show is what makes it so weird. It's like, doctor, I can't take off my golden arm. <laughs> like that kind of. And by the way, it shows off that video shows off what I always felt like would be the problem with trying to do premium content on a phone is the fact that at the end of the day, you're holding it vertically and that you cannot escape that you're just holding something vertically and that makes it look stupid. <laughs> To me, at least. <laughs> That's just a personal opinion, though. I need to finish the LeBron documentary, because, like, again, I like that story. It's very touching. Yeah. But general- once I finish the LeBron documentary, I don't really give a shit about this. Like, I watched one of the new dramas they had, which is, like, a stalker. There's, like, a crazy guy, and he murders people and then there's a and then there's this girl and he gets into her ride share and he says i'm gonna i'm gonna kill you in your ride share and unless you do everything i say <laughs> and apparently the next episode she was gonna crash the car but then the police would be like there's no evidence of this guy doing what he did but that so it's like a psychological i don't know i don't care i watched the first six minute episode and i'm like nah, i don't need this in my life that sounds and, <laughs> I have no words, Sam. That sounds about as low effort as Quibi, so 
<laughs> yeah, no, like, there's a there's a conspiracy that a lot of uh, we can't confirm it, but more, maybe more shows than they initially let on were shows or movies that other studios and production houses couldn't get sold and just had <laughs> lying around. And they just sold to Quibi because Quibi needed content. Seeing the golden arm, I feel like, has to almost confirm that. I feel like that's evidence. (laughs) That's evidence to me. (laughs) There's another show called Dummy where Anna Kendrick thinks a sex doll is alive or something. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, wasn't that the boy? Didn't that already come out where a doll was alive? (laughs) Yeah, but like, what if the boy was funny? (laughs) <laughs> we've all been wondering that i guess yeah so maybe yeah i the the only series that i have watched to completion is the uh will forte show flipped and even that was like i don't need to watch the second season of this <laughs> that was like it was moderately chuckle worthy but otherwise yeah so yeah. like yeah quibi it's it's I'm I'm glad I didn't pay for it. Let's hope that this uh this Quibi dies in the summer heat, huh? Now that now that it's all hot. One day Quibi is just gonna disappear like yeah. a miracle. It'll be gone. Listen, we said there are there are fifteen there are fifteen fifteen Quibi now and uh There's a couple hundred Quibbies now, but down, in the eventually there won't be any Quibbies it'll left. It'll go down to it'll be like magic. It'll just abracadabra, alakazam, shazam, kazam. <laughs> I don't know, EA. <laughs> and it'll go it'll disappear. <laughs> yeah, I know Reno nine one one comes back next month, so maybe I'll check that out. But otherwise, uh yeah, Quibby, Quibby, you burnt. Alright. Well, while the world is burning, we shall we shall still be here giving you a, a daily dosage of, of, of weekly dosage. Oh week- god. <laughs> you wanna go up to daily? Let's do it. Let's, Let's do go it. every day. Let's every day. <laughs> every day. Crank these out. <laughs> Gabby doesn't have to be quiet now because we have RTX voice. That's she right. can do whatever she wants. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I, I, I've been Calvin. I've been Samuel. We'll see you guys next week. Bye. See ya.